0: In this episode of the Ball Blab Podcast, myself and Nate talk about the Red Sox struggles and how they can turn it around.
1: Hello and welcome back to Ball Blab. I'm Nate. And I'm Jason. So Nate, big week for the Boston Red Sox, eh? Uh, Was it? I think that begs the question. After this week, do we really think they can turn it around? I'm not so sure right now.
0: Right now, everything is looking down. The hitting is really not clicking. The pitching is very serviceable, to say the least, but... Nate, I'm going to be an optimist and say there's always a chance, you know? I mean, judging on, you know, I know it's only early May. It's only May 7th. I think there's a chance these guys can, you know, turn it up.
1: Yeah, that is true. I mean, you got time to turn things around, and I'm not saying a flat-out no right yet. I feel like that's a very difficult question to answer this early in the season. But I'm leaning towards more of a no, and I feel like in order to get me leaning towards a bit more of a yes, I feel like some changes need to be made, at least in how this team's sort of being managed and sort of structured right now.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. But you know, if if the last week has told me anything, take a break after a frustrating loss, because I mean, after the Angels game two, after winning four nothing the day before. I was really mad, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take a break, and that's what I did. I took a break, and we lost eight nothing to the freaking Angels the next day. Yes, yeah, unbelievable.
1: So, so as for the technical stuff, so far the Red Sox are one and four this week. We are recording this uh, episode an hour before the four o'clock Saturday night game against the White Sox. So thus far they are one and four, counting that awful nine to one loss to the Orioles. Um, not really much. Nine to root. five. Not, wow, nine to one, nine to five. They were down nine to one going into the ninth inning, and you know, a meaningless grand slam was it. Anyway, they're so far one and 4 They don't look that much better, and, and like a lot of the same issues right now.
0: Yeah, same issues have been persisting for the past few weeks.
1: Oh, and also they're now ten and seventeen. I, I want to say that that is their record right now, which is now last in the American League East.
0: And yeah, Nate, I think. When you look at this division, it's like, it's going to be competitive. It's probably going to be a four-way race, assuming the Red Sox get back in it. But I I saw a very concerning stat. If the Red Sox are going to get 90 wins, they need to go 80 and 55 in the the rest of the season if they're going to get to 90 wins. And that's at 90 wins. We know what the whole AL East is capable of. They're capable of 95, 96, 97 wins. (laughs)
1: I mean, yeah. in that division, that's kind of a bare minimum. I mean, they are lucky that there's three wild card teams this year. Very lucky about that. If there were two, they could, you know, be the last year's Mariners or last year's Blue Jays again. Um, so what? So as for the changes that I think need to be made, I don't like how the pitching is being managed right now. I, I don't like how um guys like like we can't get guys like Waka to go over five innings. I don't really understand. I know, like you know. The game is played and managed in a different way, but I just think that when your starting pitching is really good, which it has been for the Red Sox, and your bullpen is really bad right now, take advantage more of the starting pitching and stop overworking the bullpen, because I feel like the thing with a bullpen is that the more it gets used, the more likely they're going to be ineffective and just... Like, you know, the ineffectiveness is just going to get worse and worse because of how overworked they are. Cool. So how about, like, get more out of Waka? Get more out of Rich Hill? The starters should be going
0: more than they are currently right now. Like, I don't care if... Let's see, Toronto. I know we're going back a few weeks, but, like, Evaldi was pulled after seven innings and 72 pitches. You I know he Alex Cora says he's done his job, but you got to have him go longer. He is a starter, and... What else is he meant to do? He has not a bullpen arm where he's limited to a pitch count. Starters can go a hundred pitches, and I don't care if it's the fourth inning or the eighth inning, they should go hundred pitches at least.
1: Especially veteran inexperienced guys like Avaldi, Waka, and Rich Hill. Like they know how to pitch that much. Especially since Rich Hill's a soft And thrower. Pavetta. Yeah, I mean, Pavetta even. I mean, like, most of these guys are veterans, and like I feel like um like, you know, the sort of microcosm and sort of manifestation of all these problems happened in the Red Sox 10-5 to loss to the Angels. Take it away.
0: Yeah, so it's three. We'll, we'll, we'll pick it up when it's 3-3. Three, 3-3, three. Three, three, bottom eight. Bogarts hits a go-ahead homer. 4-3. Makes it 4-3. Bottom or top of the ninth. Yeah, no. Um. We get the, what? what is it?
1: I forget what happened. We get the first in the top of the ninth. Um, I mean, like... Was it the the first two
0: outs, or was it one out and then two
1: walks? I don't think it really matters. Either way, we scored all of our... We allowed the one run in that inning with two outs. Yep. Two outs. A
0: uh, game-tying single to Jared Walsh with two outs in the inning. Then in the bottom of the ninth, Vasquez gets on. And then, I think with one out, strike him out, throw him out, double play, and... Surprise! Surprise! The guy in the batter's box is Bobby Dahlback.
1: Yeah, and the guy in surprise, surprise, the guy who got thrown out is Vasquez. I feel like he gets thrown out on the bases every other game now. It's ridiculous. The
0: third out should never be on the bases, Nate. Never stealing
1: third. Yeah, just an awful all-around play. But there wasn't not a very good call. I will say that, like that that call. I'm not sure that should have been a strike, but like still, like why was Vasquez going? Like he's slow. Like woohoo! He it was led count. the it was team because it was a full count. But there there was only one out. There
0: was only one out. That's the big difference.
1: Two outs, then, yes. Two outs, like, you know, I get it. That's automatic. You should always be running when there's full count. But one out... And then, like, anyway, the top of the 10th is where things get even worse. We get the first two outs easily,
0: without a problem. Nice job, Barnes. You're looking like your old self. Until... There's always a but. Until the freaking... This is just annoying to talk about. Six runs... Two outs.
1: Six straight runs. So, in case you haven't been keeping track, every run that the Red Sox allowed from the ninth inning on in that game was with two outs. Every single run.
0: Man, that got me so frustrated. Uh, I don't, I didn't know what to say at that point. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a type of guy where I'm like, you know, if it's if it's one out, okay, I see. But two outs every time? Every time with
1: two outs. This I mean team can't count the three. That's hard to do as an offensive team. That's very hard to do because you just you cannot get out a single time. You have any idea how how hard that is to do from an offensive team standpoint? Guess not that hard against the Red Sox bullpen. Nope. And then we have the day after night game. And you know the lineup actually I was okay with that. The lineup wasn't ridiculous, but that whatever. So again, it's good starting p- pitching performance. I mean, Rich Hill through um, five innings, only one hit and only one walk too. Just sixty-eight pitches, he gets plucked.
0: Yeah, now, I why? Guess, I why? guess like
1: I guess how they're doing this whole system again, like their whole system that they're going with with Hills that they're gonna have Hauk immediately have him follow and not have him go that deep. But what? like, what the heck is that philosophy? I don't know. I guess it's to give him another look. But again. The starting pitching's been good. The bullpen's been bad. Take advantage more of the starting pitching. And Tanner Houck and Cutter Crawford, I think, gave up the. Runs. Tanner Houck was the guy who really got lit up. He pitched two. He pitched um Three, two and two and a third innings, gives oh. up seven runs, highlighted by a really bad eighth inning.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, then there's the whole question on. I think this is where me and Nate have a lot of disagreement. Garrett Whitlock. Nate, you you seem like he should stay in the rotation. You you seem to believe the rotation is
1: where he belongs right now. I feel like it does. It's just like, I feel like, because, like, I mean, I think we should try and make the rotation as best as it is right now because there's less pitchers to worry about, and it's just better than the bullpen. Maybe get another arm, make it as best as, make the most out of the rotation, make it as good as it is so we don't have to worry about that stupid bullpen. And, yeah, keep him in there. Because, like, I feel like if he's out of the rotation, who do we have?
0: Oh, boy. I could, Especially with Pavetta's I could disagree struggles. with you all day
1: on that. I, I think
0: you, you, you said the starting pitching was pretty good. And I agree with that. The starting pitching is pretty good. They just got to go longer in games. But if you put Garrett Whitlock in, here's the big change I'd make. Put Garrett Whitlock back in the bullpen role he was in last year and the second half of last year. Here's he pr- didn't start. Listen, Nate. Last year... He was the arm where you could heavily rely on and say, he will give me two scoreless innings. And, you know, that was the role for him in the first part, or the first maybe month before the Toronto series. Pretty good. I like that. But now, since he's a starter now, I just think there's no one in the bullpen where I can solely rely on and say, oh, he can definitely give me a scoreless outing. That is just not the case with uh, any of these relievers. We saw Robles shaking up, and, you know, I just think there's a disaster still waiting to happen, too.
1: Here's the thing. But you couldn't rely on Garrett Whitlock. You couldn't have him available every day, though. He always needed some rest, and, like, I feel like that held back his potential since he always needed those rest days. It seemed like impossible to ever have him work on back-to-back days, and again, like if we keep in rotation, I feel like we can build up that rotation, make it as good as it be, and only like, make it so good to where we only need one or two good arms in the bullpen. I still think Robles is a very good arm. I mean, like everyone gets lit up at some point, even the best relievers, and like that's kind of what I think the twenty nineteen Nationals did. They their bullpen, at least in the regular season, was terrible, awful, but they had great, great starting pitching: Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, uh, Steven, Steven Strasburg. Strasburg. All excellent. Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin both pitched over 200 innings. Scherzer probably would have pitched two, at least 200 innings if he had, like, if he made at least 32 starts. He was hit hurt for a small portion of it. And what do you know? Like, you know, that team, after, that team went on to win the World Series. But, but, but the biggest difference of that team and this team, the Nationals' offense was
0: really good. I mean, you saw. They picked it up. Yeah, I know. I know it's. I mean, you this can't just because you have a good starting rotation. And I'm going to say this with the Mets too. I'm going to compare the 2021 Mets too. The 2021 Mets had a mediocre offense, an elite starting rotation, and then a bad bullpen. Or the I'll, 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 how about 2019? 2019, their hitting was mediocre at best. They had an amazing rotation. Insane. Zach Wheeler, uh, Noah Syndergaard, Jacob DeGrom. And 2017, it was even insane. Like, you know, the whole Harvey, Harvey, Mats, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Cologne. Like, although that group. They had that group. They had a bad
1: offense and a bad bullpen. And boy oh boy, were they bad. But the but the thing is, look, I think I think the offense can be good. It's still a good offense on paper. And out of obviously I said that changes need to be made, but I feel like the offense is an easier thing that can be turned around. I don't think like the offense is I don't think at least the offense will be bad all year. So I feel like if that offense can pick it up and the starting rotation's the best it can be, and you have like, you know, like consistently two reliable arms in the bullpen which I think are easy to find then I'm fine with Whitlock being a starter.
0: Uh I could disagree but I just I just like the idea of having a reliable arm in the bullpen. He doesn't need to he can pitch on back-to-back days in important series, mm-hmm. but in like lesser important series maybe you can have him go 3 innings. Like pretend let's let's say that we have a, a four-game series. We have a four-game series against the Blue Jays. I would want Whitlock to pitch 3 Out of the four games, at least, and what he be the closer or a good setup man? I'd rather that. And if you're playing in a lesser important series against the Rangers, I'd rather him have him be able to go three innings in one game just to give him some exposure. And you know that worked last year. And putting him as a starter is already being a disaster. Nate, what do you mean? What
1: do you mean? Why? Like, is it his fault? Is it the bullpen's fault? No, it's not his fault at all. It's because, because, oh no, yeah, but by no
0: means is he a bad pitcher. He's an outstanding pitcher, Nate. It's just he is not playing in the role that I think is good for this team right now.
1: I think I think if we can build him up, he could be playing a very helpful role. Yeah, I mean, all right, we've been spending a lot of time on this. Um, so anyway, like, anyway, the Red Sox back to that game where just another microcosm game. It was scoreless until the 7th inning, until the 6th inning, but by the end of the 7th inning they were down 7-0. Again, just like the offense doesn't show up show up even though they had a couple of chances. The starting pitching was good and then the bullpen just collapsed.
0: Yeah. And that's the theme. And then now you go to the game one of the White Sox series which I game cast. Just it just looked like a terrible game all around.
1: Yeah, Robert hit a bomb off Evaldi. Ovaldi can't stop giving up home runs for some reason. He has home
0: run problems, Nate.
1: I, I don't know what is going on with that. But yeah, it's just like after this week, I mean, like this, how this team's constructed right now, at least on the pitching part, and you know how and like the offensive approach right now, it just it's got to stop. We got it. We got to change how we're using the pitching. I feel like. Constant bullpen and like, you know, just plucking our starters out when they're pitching well and when there's seemingly no reason to is not working. That's gotta change. Um and I feel like with our offense, we gotta be working the count, and get her ba- getting better better at paths more. Um too often I'm working hearing the count. From, too often I'm hearing with Jason on the first pitch, they ground out weekly with two outs and runners on to end the inning. On the first pitch, they ground into a double play. They got to just take maybe take the first pitch. Work the count. Stop just being so aggressive so early when it's clearly not doing you any good. Yeah. And, you know, this team isn't
0: getting any better plate wise. I mean, you saw Kyle Schwarber, the addition last year. He was a guy and he would take, he would work the count. And people saw that and they did that in September when he came and became the quote unquote leader he was. He did have an effect. There is no one on the Red Sox right now who really works the count really well <laughs> as Schwarber did,
1: you know. And they're also and they're being undisciplined. They're also chasing a lot too. uh It's just like it's it's just really yeah. they're a really tough team to watch. Combat
0: like, like mental mistakes too. Hey, that's the timer, Nate.
1: Yeah, I think that's perfect because I think we got everything off our chest. Um, but yeah, like changes gotta be made. That's my question. In order for this team to turn around.
0: Yep. But there's still some time.
1: All right. Let's make some changes. Play better baseball. And let's get after it. Come yeah. on, boys. Ten and seventeen is not who we are.
0: Yeah, ten and seventeen is not who we are. So, um, Nate, I think you want to go
1: over um, some Heimblum Bloom quotes. Um, uh, I guess we can quickly gloss over. Basically. I mean, I don't think we need to go with the quotes. Um, just to end off, just as a little um, tidbit at the end of the episode, um, it's basically a lot of the stuff he was saying was just like, oh, we'll just turn it around. We've, and like, you know, they don't need to make any changes. Like, we've been having a lot of gut punches. It's just kind of condescending, and it's just like kind of sort of avoiding the team's problems and thinking that they'll just like magically go away if you just like, you know, roll with the punches and let it ride. Roll the dice. Wait a minute. Uh, okay. Oh. I thought I thought I'd stop recording. Um, but yeah, just like I did not like those quotes at all. Um, they definitely annoyed me.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw a, fun, a funny tweet. It was just like "Enough is enough, Worcester now," mm-hmm. and I immediately knew who that guy was referring to.
1: Yeah, Dahlbeck. Anyway, um, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of yeah, Ball Blab and Socks and Fifteen.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, we freaking turn this around, Nate.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, we gotta play differently and play better.
0: Yep. All right.